As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we're going to talk about the Kevin durant list Nets Mm. We're going to talk to a doctor oh. to tell us when Kevin Durant will come back. But to start off, I apologize. We're going to talk about vaccines and Kyrie Irving because he has definitively stated exactly what yeah. he's going to do with vaccines. We'll make, it, we'll make it fun this time, Mike. It'll be so fun. It's going to be great. This is Mike here, Solo Brian. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself on the paywall at TheAthletic.com slash Glue Guys. Brian. Michael. How am I? Give me an analysis of, of my emotions at this you're point. All, you're great. You seem you seem great. <laughs> I got, I'm just stoked that I got the Are You Playing Music pop-up for, from Zoom. That's when I know I hit my hit my notes you know oh, zoom that's lets a, you know it rewards that you're such which a is good like, it's like are you playing music do you need to um yeah i don't know mike how are you how's it going um i'm feeling stressed for, for all honesty here this is <laughs> our go. second time this is like our third time doing this open <laughs> because did. i'm a prickly son of a gun today mm. no nah, that's fine there's tensions are high pressure. tensions are high mike tensions are high there's Omicron is cresting. Uh, there's deadline pressure at work. And uh, we're trying to get a, a podcast off the ground. Yeah. And we're starting off the conversation because we have to talk about it. I know that the Nets played a, uh, an interesting game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, which we will discuss. But to me, the most important thing that happened was post game. Yeah. And involved Kyrie Irving. Okay. So Kyrie Irving played in Cleveland. He played pretty well. Uh, Darius Garland, though. Mm. I was absolutely terrified of Darius Garland by the end of that game. True. Um, true. But after the game, Kyrie Irving had his most definitive statement yet involving vaccines. And you know what? I felt it was important to play it. Okay. Let's play it. At least a portion of it. Because, um, and our Dr. Naraj Patel, who's going to join us uh, later in the episode, it's going to be a few minutes late. So we have a little more time to discuss Kyrie. Um Kyrie was asked after the game whether the Nets' injury situation involving Kevin Durant, Joe Harris still on the mend, which we will talk about with Dr. Patel and when we may expect Kevin Durant back and how he will look, whether that will impact Kyrie Irving's vaccine status. And before I play the clip, Brian, how would you define how Kyrie has handled vaccination questions since he's come back? Like, how do you think he's been answering them? Um <sighs> You know, I haven't like I don't know that I've been paying attention. And so for that reason, I guess pretty well, he's been sort of managing yeah. it. But now what is this? Three games back, four games back. Um, third game, right? Am I wrong? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Third game. Um, doesn't matter. He, he descends into a little bit more of an impetuous tone, which, you know, for me is um, it's a little early for the third game back to be impatient <laughs> with. But we'll see. We shall see, Mike. Well, let's roll it. See if you feel it's impetuous. All right, I believe the setup here is that I think it's Brian Lewis from The Post had asked him a vaccination question, and then Kyrie sort of engaged with Brian Lewis in a conversation while Kyrie was at the podium and Brian Lewis was sitting amongst the 
the rebel rousing press uh, there below. So this is Kyrie answering sort of why he feels like his vaccination status won't change now that there's injuries. What I'm what I'm trying to better articulate is that I'm not bringing science into the basketball game. You know what I mean? I'm not bringing what's going like everyone's feeling what's going on in the real world. I'm walking around as an unvaccinated person, uh, sort of saying I've already been separated into another group of a, of a community. I'm just saying to everybody, I'm human. I have decisions to make. I have a family to take care of. There are things that are just as important um, to me as being great at a game of basketball or you know leaving a legacy. So I think to answer your question, is, it's just the reality of where the world is is in the present state. You know, you see that there are more boosters and there are people getting fired for being unvaccinated. We're all dealing with it. We're all feeling it. My, my message has always been, I respect what everyone else is doing with their bodies. I respect what everyone else is doing uh, in terms of their livelihoods. And I'm here to support. Um, but what's going on with me is I'm, I'm taking it one day at a time. That's it. Nothing's guaranteed in this, in this world right now. And then this is the, this is sort of the back and forth conversation. Why, why do you keep asking me that? Because that's what everybody wants to know. Who's everybody? Uh, there are millions of basketball fans out there. Yeah, that's millions what I'm saying. Like, people who want to know if you're going to take I'll, the I'll ask you to play at home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Basketball fans. They're like they're 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 yeah but this is like that's what i'm saying you're bringing like my vaccination status into a basketball game and it's like i live my life majority of the time when i'm away from this so when i say i'm not getting vaccinated and i'm making a choice with my life somehow it gets like mixed into well what about basketball stuff it's like no bro like we live in a real world this is this is great to be able to do this i'm grateful for the opportunity i love being with my teammates i love playing on the nets but I've already been away enough time to think about this, to process it, to be able to make this decision, stand strong, understand that people are going to agree and some people are going to disagree. The circumstances that are at hand, I'm praying that they get changed and we're able to do things differently. And that's not just for me. That's for all those that are dealing with unvaccinated, being unvaccinated and getting fired from work on a day to day basis. It's not just about me. That's what I, that's my been my message this whole time. So though I feel your you're feeling an emotion asking that question. It's just like, sometimes it gets, it feels a little disrespectful. Like I'm not just a basketball player, bro. I'm not millions of fans. I, I appreciate all of it, but it's not just about the game. All right. So it kind of goes on from there. So the second clip, when you hear that, Brian, so you've heard it before, before we even had this conversation. When you hear that, what do you think of? How does that make you feel? Well, my first place where it goes, again, I'm still like my head is still in that ring for the PR job for Kyrie Irving. I just you know what it does? It frustrates I will say me. It does sound like th- there was some PR. It's like he said he started great, out. Like, he started out with a PR. Well, he does. Yeah. He does bad PR, though. It's just basically like, you know, he just mentions like my family and taking care of my family as if that's, you know, the, just going to stop any line of questioning in its tracks. Like once you just invoke that, I have a family who needs providing for now, like it's beyond reproach, which um I don't think is true, and I don't think it's going to stop, you know, the Brian Lewis's of the world, the, um, you know, uh, which I, I I like that he was sort of staying on subject, uh, Brian Lewis, in that, in that exchange. I think yes. what the main sort of logical fallacy of that exchange is, though, like where Kyrie's landed as an argument is that this is a personal decision and is wholly and totally separate from anything that goes on basketball-wise, which, you know, if we were asking what is, like, I don't know, in his Chrome browser history, that would be a personal question. Those are personal. <laughs> those are That's a personal question. <laughs> I, I think that's the thing we most want to figure yeah, out. And I'm and interested. Do you think Kyrie uses Chrome? I don't it's, think there's a he's, shot. He, uses. he is not. He's using Brave. He's like a he's, br- yeah, Brave, yeah. yeah. Um, and, no then, and, you know, there is a difference between that and then asking about, you know, decisions you've made that will result in you not playing 75% of your the basketball games that you agreed to play um which is a, that's an occupational thing that's not a personal life thing that is the public yes. occupational side of your life um so these are not personal questions you know these the the effect of your personal decisions have trickled into your working your working life your day to day uh so like that whole like guys this is personal you can't ask me about this is like it, it's not doing it's not doing what he thinks is doing which is like trying to quell the line of questioning it's just it's just not going to happen that way yeah it so one i like i it's not that i respect Kyrie's decision because i actually i 
I don't disrespect it, but I I don't agree with his decision to not get vaccinated. Like, I don't know if you saw this piece, but Stephen A. Smith on First Take Today. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this at 1251. So I saw, I think it was on Complex. There was some tweet about it. He opened the show on First Take Today talking about his battle with COVID and how he was in the hospital. He had migraines, sweat, you know, sweating all night chills. He basically had the the worst symptoms you could have of COVID beyond getting on the ventilator. And the doctors told him if he was not vaccinated, he'd probably be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Stephen A. Smith, I think we've all met, known someone in our lives who have unfortunately either passed away from COVID or has been in the hospital uh, due to COVID. Like we've all kind of been touched in that way. But, you know, like I, there's getting vaccinated, the data shows is extremely effective in saving your life whilst battling COVID, right? Um, and so, uh, like, Kyrie should just get uh, vaccinated uh, because it's good for him and it's good for the people around him, but he's made the decision not to. Um, but I totally agree with you. And this is where, like, this disconnect is coming in, which I I don't understand why he doesn't figure out, is that when you talk about professional versus personal – there are personal decisions that have no impact on your professional life. I decide to not eat broccoli. Uh, the <laughs> athletic doesn't dock my pen. How brave of you. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> you know? My lord. My, my boss is at the athletic. Won't come to me and say, Mike, you need to eat broccoli or you'll be fired. Yeah. In fact, I do love broccoli. I love broccoli. I, I eat no it one like believes four you. times a week. Nobody believes it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are personal decisions that could affect what happens in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I decide that I will sleep during the day. I will be a nocturnal human. Mm-hmm. That would impact my work Yeah, because all my other coworkers are deciding, hey, we, we are awake when the sun is out. We can't communicate you while you're sleeping, you nocturnal owl man. Mm. Wake up during the day or we will fire you. I, if I become a nocturnal owl man, I understand that my employer may be upset with that, that I can't perform at the times I need to perform. Like Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie has made the decision. His personal is affecting his professional. Now it is what it is. The Nets have caved in the situation and they've decided to let him play basketball for the Nets. And imagine if if Kyrie was not playing part-time and Kevin Durant had gotten hurt how bad of a situation the Nets would be in currently, right? Mm. Like the Nets would be looking at some ugly basketball for the next month. Um, The fact that Kyrie doesn't, he chooses not to acknowledge the fact that yes, my personal decision, it does in fact me impact me as a basketball player. It's just confusing, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and you listen to him. He, he, he can articulate his point to a certain degree that you appreciate but his decision not to get vaccinated is impacting how he is a professional. And you listen to that. Brian, you and I have talked many times before. Oh, maybe Kyrie's going to come back. He'll be around. You, have, you talked about it. The the poison that had been dripping into his ears about the vaccine, there'll be less of that poison in his ears. And maybe he'll decide, oh, I see my friends who I play basketball with who are vaccinated. They seem okay. They seem healthy. Uh, I should... I should get vaccinated. He is not getting vaccinated. There's, he is not, it's not happening. No. He's not going to do it. There's no, there's nothing that will change in his life. I mean, he already had COVID like two weeks ago, right? Is he, is it health and safety protocol? He's not going to get vaccinated this season. Maybe next season, I like you could hold out hope. He's not getting vaccinated. It's over. Uh, He is going to be a part time player unless, the city changes its mandate, which could happen. Um, but I think, don't you agree that this is like he's not getting, he's not getting vaccinated? Yeah, I, I, it seems pretty clear. And now he's like doing the public digging in of the heels, which is exactly what you would expect. And like this line of questioning isn't going anywhere. <laughs> like as long as this situation persists. Like those questions are not stopping. Um, and this is exactly the thing people wanted to avoid with him playing away games and being in the public eye and getting peppered with why aren't you playing home game type of questions. This is just going to keep happening. And, you know, the fear is does he have the fortitude to 
keep his cool in a world in which he's just like kind of going on Kyrie's endless away game tour of getting peppered with wire. <laughs> and now increasingly like you're losing games and it's like, you know, we could offer up some, is this having downstream effects kind of thing, which I've often talked about, um, you know, since he's come back, we haven't looked great. And, you know, we talked about how it wasn't necessarily like Kyrie's on-court play that was responsible for that. But, you know, there's starting to become a pretty big, you know, gap in pre and post Kyrie um, decision here to, or whatever this is, the not decision, the allowance to come back was thing happening. Um, and, you know, as that, if that rift continues to widen, Uh, And those questions become more persistent. And then now we have this big piece of evidence to be like, hey, you guys aren't even winning games anymore. Now what do you say about this? It has the potential to get pretty ugly. And like, you know, again, we're supposed to be a super team with a relatively drama-free, like, you know, breezy. Yeah, 72 and 10, just (laughs) rolling through, sweeping the playoffs. And and we are anything but. We are a true drama-ridden, you know, fiasco, full-blown fiasco at this point. It is so funny, and you said this, is that when the Nets were applauded when they said, Kyrie, we don't want you around in, in October, whenever they did it, they were applauded. And the reason why they didn't want to do it was the inconsistencies in the team, and also so they wouldn't have to face the weekly press conferences of like Kyrie being on the road and answering these questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a gap of time when he didn't play basketball. He comes back. And and had no if, impact on the you know I won't even call it media circus. It's just reasonable questions being answered, like the exact situation that we discussed in October that they're being applauded for avoiding. They are walking straight into now. Here's what I'll say as as someone who follows the Brooklyn Nets, like I I do think at this point it still makes sense to have him play basketball. Like I still think it makes sense to have him as a part time player. Because I I kind of referenced this before. I think there's a 10% chance, I'll just say 10%, that the city's vaccine mandate will change by the time the second round of the playoffs happen. I say that because we've already seen the data on Omicron, not to go too far afield. We're going to have a real doctor on, but we're going to pretend to be epidemiologists right now. Have fun. Omicron spikes, Omicron goes down pretty hardcore. Now, there could be other variants and it could screw up our summer and all that stuff, but there is a chance that like we go back down to relatively low case numbers because of the amount of people that are vaccinated plus the amount of people that have had Omicron, the amount of sort of uh, immunity to COVID will be decreased pretty significantly. Um, So there's a chance then uh, later this spring and into the summer Policies will be different. You know, the policy that was written in to put in this vaccine mandate, that was a mayoral decision that did not require passage from the city council. I'm almost 100% sure. The, the, the mayor can then quickly decide, I'm going to flip it back. I'm not saying that he should. I'm just saying that's a possibility. I think the Nets, in their calculations of bringing Kyrie back, that was part of it. That they thought we would look kind of dumb if the city did end up changing in the spring and Kyrie was sitting at home the whole time and then we had to rush him back onto the court during the playoffs, they're weighing the 10% possibility that things could change. This gets back to the thing, though, Brian. It's like, Mm. what a weird situation. What a weird, awkward, crazy situation the Nets are in. And Kevin Durant being out removes even that like minimal amount of shielding that Kyrie was playing. Because now Kyrie is like, pushed even more forward Mm -hmm. because we don't have Kevin Durant going 35 and five every night, picking up W's. Now it's L's explaining losses and explaining like, wait, Kyrie, you could play at home. You know that like there's a thing you could do to play basketball at Barclays and it's not happening. And you know, hundreds of millions of people have done the thing that you refuse to do. Billions, billions, billions of people. And I also think like, you know, there's been talk in a couple of different corners of the nets, the netiverse, Although, you know, I'm not going to steal the metaverse. That's, you know, that's their new product um, of people talking <laughs> about the idea that he could now be exempted. And again, I, I do want to stress that I really think that is an incredibly low likelihood of, of happening. Um, I think for a lot of reasons, but like not least of which is I think the league, I think anyone not named the Lakers and the Nets uh, are pretty averse to like player empowerment 
style of the trajectory of where basketball is headed in this player empowerment movement. Yeah. And they're like, guess what? This is the time where the league gets to basically have a unanimous vote to say, uh, we are not making exemptions of this kind for, for players. It's just, it ain't going to happen. Um, not to say well, that. I mean, they, I could, yeah, go ahead. And this is such a weird episode to start. I understand vaccines. Then we're going to get into the medical community very soon <laughs> with Dr. Naraj Patel. Really, yeah. But for, for anyone who's a, Tennis Nets fan. Oh, uh, I think Alex Sturm qualifies as one of those people. Look what is happening to Novak Djokovic in the Australian Open. Novak Djokovic had gotten an exemption. He flew in unvaccinated. They detained him. He sued. He was allowed to play like a round or two. And then they detained him again and sent him away out of out of Australia. Formal, former penal colony Australia has decided that mm. one of the great tennis champions of our time it should not allow to be played tennis unvaccinated. <laughs> Novak Djokovic, the reason why, if Novak Djokovic was non-tennis playing Novak Djokovic and had, and had showed up to Australia just to go surfing and he did not play tennis, his whatever previous exemption he had gotten would have passed and it would have been fine. He's a super famous dude flouting unvac- like vaccine mandates. So they made an example out of him, and now he's not allowed back in Australia. Yeah. He may not be able to play in the French Open. Kyrie Irving is a super famous dude who is flouting vaccine mandates in the city that most cares about them in the country. Well, the city that got the that hit the hardest yes. in the COVID pandemic nightmare in March 2020. We had, you know, a unique problem that happened in New York. Like if you were, you and I were, well, I was here, uh, yeah. here, and like it was real. Like shit. Was, I was with Andrew sh- Yang. You were in Yang. <laughs> you were getting <laughs> you know? UBI with Yang. Uh, Do you know how hard it is to have two kids in an apartment in New York <laughs> yeah, during get, COVID? I get it. <laughs> then I ran for mayor. Remember that guy? But, but I'm just saying, like uh, in particular, the optics are so bad in New York specifically, worse than formal penal colony Australia, even. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I do, everyone, you know, we talk about the the Stefan Bondi story of the two thousand to five thousand dollar fines that the Nets could face if they just allowed Kyrie Irving to play at home. All of this goes down to politics, optics, and and PR, and the PR of it all is there's no way Kyrie Irving's playing at home unless if the city makes a wholesale vaccine mandate change overall, which they may do. I think there's that ten percent chance. Kyrie is like they're not going to let that happen. They the he Kyrie is literally the most famous person to be unvaccinated, I think. Mm-hmm. To be as outwardly unvaccinated to be like he's the guy. Like there's NFL quarterbacks who aren't as well, but really Kyrie's like the number one dude. Um it it would be odd if the city was just like uh yeah, we'll let you play Kyrie and like we don't care anymore and we'll only find the Nets $2000. Yeah. Um so Kyrie's going to be a part-time player. And so this is the Nets team. This is the situation we're going to live in. Mm. And it's tough. Can I say it is it is weighing on me a little bit. These get like the wins yeah, I, the, I the, agree. the wins losses like not mattering and just like we're looking for consistency only when they play real games, which again are road games. So if you're thinking about getting tickets to a Barclays game, know that those are the fake games where we experiment <laughs> and they're not real. <laughs> And they won't ever be real until, you know, we have a full team there. And so playoff games are not real games, ostensibly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to, what else to do with this. It's and like, it's, I think it's a weighing on everybody. And just that, like, is it really that fun to watch this team right now? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure that I think this is the low, like, I, I'll be honest with you. Just go full mask off. Like, like I cared very little about the last couple of games, to be honest. I was pretty checked out emotionally. I told, and and Kevin Durant being out. So like we would have had the carrot of like KD, Harden, and Kyrie all playing together. I think that would have provided the emotional lift that we all desire. I do feel like there's just like a withholding with this seems like now Kevin Durant's out. Yeah. And and so you don't even get to see this super team that we've been trying to watch for three years now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since 2019. <laughs> When Kyrie and Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan, remember him, uh, signed with the team. Like, we've been trying to just watch them play basketball, and it's never really happened. Then they get James Harden. Wow, that's so exciting. They play eight games together. I think someone, I think it was Brian Lewis or Alex Schiffer wrote um, that if Kevin Durant comes back on the timeline he's expected to, at most, KD, Kyrie, and Harden can get eight games again 
before the playoffs. And it's like, it just won't, it won't happen. Um, it's tough. It's a tough team to love right now. It is an, un, it's a deeply unlovable team. Let's just, let's call it like, <laughs> what it is. I mean, I love, I love Kevin Durant. Thank God for Kessler I love them. I, don't know. I like, love them individually, like many of them individually, but like the, the some of the, the, some of the parts is not a wholly lovable situation. I don't know why. It's just like kind of, I mean, love Dayron. Love, love what he's been doing lately. I don't care about the wins and losses and I don't love the team right now. It's a weird thing to be. Well, yeah, you know, weird place to be. I, I, I do think there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. I keep waiting for Joe Harris, but like Joe Harris coming back and then Kevin Durant. So like March, like we're looking at a good March where the, that March starts off with four games on the road, four of five on the road. Um, so like March 1st, they play at Toronto, which Kyrie cannot play at Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's at boss. It's that it's home for Miami, which is going to be a big game. Miami's officially over the nets in the standings right now. And then it's at Boston, at Charlotte, at Philly. Hopefully Kevin Durant's back. Joe Harris better be back by then. Um, Kyrie, hopefully he's playing. So, like, we're in this crest of Omicron. The weather sucks. This team is a mess. Uh, Kevin Durant, this, the MVP that should be, is hurt again. And it's like, this is just the doldrums. Mm. The doldrums of the pre-All-Star, pre NBA trade trade deadline. Let's just look towards March. Let's let's. That sounds nice. Hey, what a uplifting, positive <laughs> way to spend your afternoon listening to the glue guys. Uh, real quick, is Bruce Brown done? Uh, done how? Like, should he be playing basketball for the Nets? Whoa, whoa, people! I've noticed <laughs> like the love affair with Bruce Brown is people are uh, people have moved on quick. Shall we say? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, hello. We have Dr. Patel. Is that? Yeah. Dr. Patel is on the line. So what we're going to do is take a quick break and coming back, we're going to talk to Dr. Patel about the Nets. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Welcome back. And joining us now, Dr. Naraj Patel, uh, who Brian and I are already like just buzzing because if you're not watching the YouTube, Dr. Patel's bringing the fire. He's literally dragon fire jacket right now. Dr. Patel, tell the people who you are and what you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for having me on guys. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm an orthopedic surgeon specializing in sports medicine, uh, primarily pediatric sports medicine. Um, but sports medicine in, uh, in Chicago here, I'm at Lurie Children's Hospital in Chicago. Um, and yeah, for those of you who can't see, I've got the uh, the Swamp Dragons warm up jacket on right now. Um, beautiful, it's really beautiful <laughs> for, for all for all you youngins. You know, yeah. back in my day, <laughs> we we almost 
flip the team name to the to the New Jersey missed, Swamp Dragons. Missed opportunity. We really should have gone. Should have had. Should have the courage to go through with it. I feel like. I, you know, I'll tell you. And, and I mean, you guys know the story, right? The crazy part was it got all the way to league approval, basically, right? Yeah. And you know, every team gets put on a vote, and we were the ones that were pushing for this the entire way, I guess. When it came time to vote for the name change, every other team said, sure, do it. And the Nets themselves changed their <laughs> mind and said no. Classic. And so we were the only team that You're said no. It's the most <laughs> the Nets thing ever. Yeah. That is incredibly Nets. Right? I actually like, didn't the, know the whole that story. story is the yeah. most Nets thing ever. It, yeah, so. it's crazy. Yeah. So, so, but I feel like it would be in a good opportunity for some pretty sick throwbacks and stuff like that now. So Perfect. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's <laughs> a, I, I think so like most team names are, are bad in general, like most names are bad, but they've become so they're legacied in. So we all just like think like the Knickerbockers is a bad name. Like that's a, that's a generally bad name for a basketball team, yeah. but because they're hundred years old, they're like, Oh, we think of the Knicks. Um, of course, the Utah jazz is the classic example of the worst name possible for any basketball team. <laughs> Uh, jazz is cool, not Utah. Uh, but if if the Nets had had how many years would it have been now? Like twenty years of Swamp uh, Dragons, more than that. More than yeah, that. Like 20, 25 20, years or so, probably. Almost. God, yeah. The like, legacy. I, You're just thinking. You have, I, you have I was the looking at like, in your head. <laughs> yeah. like the the like those awful Raptors jerseys are back now. Yep. Like that. So it's that style. Yep. God, it would have been a Darren Williams Swamp Dragons jersey. We'd be going. <laughs> it'd be like an NFT at this moment. All right. So Doctor Patel right. again. You are, you are, so you're also here with two masters of the medical community. Um, I'm an expert on Achilles injuries and, and Brian is, I really think you should be plugging into Brian's brain a little bit because Brian Mm. is perhaps the greatest diagnoser of injuries while watching a game. Like Brian has a real sense Hmm. of when a guy gets hurt during a game, he can diagnose him immediately. I so appreciate uh, it. Okay. It does feel like it's my time to shine here now that we have Dr. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Just maybe, maybe you should come out here and work with me. Yeah. He's like a virtual MRI. Is it? I know, actually, I have had a weird <laughs> amount of consistency with dating all the way back to Karis LeVert's dislocated ankle, which I remember, Mike, I sent you a text at the moment, like, never fear. That feels like a dislocation, which was a bold, <laughs> which was a bold thing to suggest at the moment. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, actually, yeah. Is, it, is that a thing? Can you actually just like, I test... <laughs> diagnose things <laughs> well no you know in all fairness there's a lot that you can pick up just from from uh from just watching the mechanism of the injury right and i think like for us uh as surgeons or as doctors right in the office we don't we usually don't have access to that that like game footage or whatever for right. a lot of the the patients that we see sometimes we do i would say like more and more nowadays you know uh, again, I take care of mostly kids, like teenagers, stuff like that. Yeah. So they come in, they're like, oh, yeah, no. And like my buddy was taping the practice or like, oh, this is on YouTube, actually. Right. You know, we, I've had multiple kids that their <laughs> injuries on YouTube. Oh, wow. Um, Here, doctor, so they, they, here's my TikTok, bro, man. Yeah. Can you Literally, check this well, out? Yeah. We, we have had kids tear their ACLs doing doing TikToks. Wow. They, so they roll the footage and you're like okay boom there it is um but no for sure you know just seeing the mechanism of the injury you could you could figure out um to a large extent what at least the possibilities could be you know like kd's injury which i guess you know we'll probably talk about in a little bit yeah. um you, you can get a pretty good sense of what probably happened just based on the footage and that's not to say you could rule out everything else right but but you know you can kind of hone in on i think this is probably what happened so you got a skill, man. You got a, you got a special talent. <laughs> I don't. That's why I have, we have way overblown. It's it, a so. gift, yeah, Brian. It's a gift it. and a curse, <laughs> almost. True. There at you the go. same time. There you um, go. Okay, so we do. I think Kevin Durant's injury. What is it? It's classified as a sprained MCL. Is that what we're right. calling it, Doctor? Um, tell us about it. Tell us, because like, frankly, I'll bring it back to myself. Uh, I do rec basketball. First rec, rec basketball of wow. the year. I hurt my knee pretty bad. Uh, I think I self-diagnosed a meniscus tear. I didn't go to a doctor. I self-diagnosed. Smart. Um, I Googled it. Um, and so it still hurts. So we'll talk about that too later. Um, <laughs> what My fear with Kevin as a knee sufferer as well, knee injury sufferer, is this going to be an injury that he's like kind of always going to have to manage for the rest of this year? Or when he comes back in six weeks, we feel pretty confident Steve Nash can grind him into the ground like he always does. <laughs> yeah, great question. So, so the MCL, first of all, right? So the, the MCL is a ligament, right, on the, the inner side of the knee, and ligaments connect bones to each other. So the, the MCL provides that stability to that inner part of the knee. Uh, the good news with the MCL, it, it's a little different in terms of the structure and the function than like your ACL, for example, right? And so 
Um, it's a very commonly injured ligament, um, not just in the NBA, but, you know, in life, um, you know, weekend warriors or <laughs> whoever, you know, you end up with something like that. So um, the, the good news is the overwhelming majority of the time you don't need surgery for it. So we're finding out with Kevin Durant's case, like we said, uh, you know, a few weeks, he should be okay, we think. Um, these, these injuries do tend to heal pretty reliably on their own. Um, the main thing is you got to give your body enough time to the, the tissue, the ligament itself to kind of heal enough so that there's that stability again, and that you don't have the pain and swelling and other things like that, that are, that are going to limit your function. And then once those things are true, once the symptoms have kind of cooled down, you can progressively continue to rehab and get your strength, your, your motion, and then your higher level activities, you know, uh, running, jumping, cutting that kind of stuff back. Um, so we, we don't know how long for sure it'll be, you know, the nets are usually a little, little, um, uh, cagey about <laughs> the, the details on, on oh, yeah. rehab plans and injury severity and stuff like that. So, uh, if this is like a truly minor sort of grade one MCL injury, where it's more just a kind of like on a microscopic level, essentially, you got some, some injury of the, the ligament, then that could be as soon as like two or three weeks, potentially even, um, it's sounding based on what they've been saying so far. Again, this is reading the tea leaves a little bit. Um, it sounded like this might be more like a grade two ish injury where oh, no. they're doctor. Well, oh, doc, uh, doctor, uh, hold on, hold on. This is killing me. Which, <laughs> which is okay. It, 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 it's it. What that means is that like on an MRI or something like that, you might see a little bit more of an actual injury to the tissue there, but certainly nothing where the knee is like totally unstable. And this is going to be like hampering you for the rest of your life or something like that. So to get back to the question that you answered, that you asked, excuse me. Um, he should be able to make a full recovery out of this as long as they don't rush him back, which knowing the Nets, they probably won't. <laughs> um, you know, they'll probably take their sweet time rehabbing and I'm resting him. Um, as long as they don't rush him back, he should be able to make a pretty, pretty good recovery here. And this should not be something that, um, you know, he has to deal with, uh, struggle with later on or has any repercussions uh, later on down the line. I have a question. So you're, you're a man on Twitter. All right. <laughs> Do you know who Tommy Beer is? Have you seen that name, Tommy Beer? <laughs> yes, yeah, and I and I yes, I have re- responded. I think no, I know where you're going with this. I've responded to some of his tweets. Mm, yes, uh, but but yeah, go ahead, go. <laughs> okay, and this is no, this is not going to turn personal, and uh, we never do on this show. Uh, but Tommy Beer is a, he's a writer for Forbes, but he's a huge Knicks fan, and he tweeted out, and he got a lot of heat on Twitter for this. He said, you know, the Nets announced Katie had a suffered MCL, folks. Slash fans will wonder if the extra burden KD had to carry while the team was shorthanded played a part in the injury. Then he sent a few more tweets out and he says, for Nets fans all angry and fired up at the comments, this is what he says. More time spent on the court increases the incidence of an undesirable result, such as a freak injury. Are we 100% positive that KD's knee wasn't weakened due to overuse? So if for anyone who didn't see the injury, Bruce Brown fell into his knee. Uh, That's how he got hurt. You you saw those tweets. You interacted with them. You're a doctor. He's not. What did you think of those tweets? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think, uh, you know, again, whatever. He, he's a Knicks guy. I'm going to leave that part out of it, you know. He's got, he's got no sense. That's a, to get a great uh, shorthand. His IQ is naturally lower. <laughs> <laughs> just by, just, no, go I, there, it's science. But, you know, this is science, doctor. <laughs> No, I, so so I will say this, right? There are definitely certain types of knee injuries where you could say, "Hey, listen, you know, you you've been you've been overused, right?" and and that kind of thing, and that may set you up for, uh, you, you know, this particular type of injury. This is not one of those, right? I would say, like, this is one of those things. The analogy I would say is like, all right, you know, I've got this car, I'm driving this car, and uh, you know, it's not too old, and I've had it serviced on schedule, and it passed all the inspections. It looks beautiful right the brakes work great all that and i was just driving down the street the other day and a, a truck team phoned me <laughs> you know right. I mean? like <laughs> it doesn't matter if, if my car's in great shape right i'm gonna see some damage right because if it's a freak accident so this is kind of like that right like i think who was it herb jones i think uh pushed bruce brown or something like that and then bruce brown went into katie's leg like yeah if you if you got a i don't know bruce brown stats if you've got a six four you know two fifteen pound guy rolling into your leg this could happen to anybody, frankly, you know? So I, I don't think this was due to Katie's minutes burden or some kind of overuse or fatigue or something like that. Um, this is just a freak injury. It's unfortunate. We all hate it, obviously, but it's just a freak injury that could happen, frankly, to anybody. Um, there are certain types of injuries, like I mentioned, that could be related to overuse and stuff, right? Like, so you being, yeah, but the, 
those are more, you know, if you think of like non-contact type injuries or, or, or things like that. So like you could certainly hurt a hamstring. You could certainly potentially even tear an ACL, right, from a non-contact mechanism because your control, your strength, those kind of things are, are not normal because they've been uh, sort of down in the dumps from overuse. But this is not one of those kind of things. You had a large human being <laughs> rolling into his leg and he, he sprained his MCL. So, yeah. So, Katie, coming back, we think, again, like the Nets will do the thing where they do the ramp up and then they'll they'll slowly kind of work him back, which is probably smart. But let's say by playoff time, is he mostly probably going to be normal? I mean, I think playoffs is like three, four months away or whatever it is at this point. So is that usually enough time to be, is he going to be a hundred percent or is that like kind of not possible? Yeah, I would say knowing what we know about the injury. Um, and I think we can pretty confidently say, again, this is an MCL tear he's got, or an MCL sprain. He's had, an MRI that, you know, presumably shows that and all that. Um, I, I think he should be basically hundred percent good to go by the playoffs. Um, you know, again, I, I think we're probably looking realistically at a four to six week absence, knowing the nets, you know, and knowing that the all-star break also falls into that period of time. So they'll probably try to use that to, to their advantage to rest him some more and rehab him some more. So um, probably four to six weeks is what I would say, knowing the nets and what we've sort of, what information has little information has been given out so far. Um, and, and I'd imagine they'll do their usual ramp up, like you kind of said, take it very cautiously. But once he's back and their staff is athletic staff has uh, cleared him to go back, I'd imagine he should be basically at 100 percent then. So there's another Nets player who's currently out with injury. It's Joe Harris. We we don't have much information. We did, though, get a clue. I think it was yesterday. Uh, there was a Instagram story of Joe Harris walking in the snow. Uh, with Patty Mills getting coffee, mm. and I, I had sent that out on Twitter and said, you know, look at the stability. You know, that takes a lot of stability. <laughs> was he wearing a snowshoe? Uh, yep. Was he getting? He's yeah. wearing a snowshoe. <laughs> yeah. Just even putting on a snowshoe is is bad it's for bad. Yeah, you know, it's, it's harmful. <laughs> it's tough for an ankle. Uh, what are we supposed to think about uh, Joe? I mean, we don't. Again, we're not getting in any information. But what are we supposed to think about with Joe Harris and his recovery? Yeah, you know, again, we didn't get a ton of information about the initial injury surgery, that kind of thing, when it happened. Uh, from from what I can gather, it sounds like he had basically some some loose bodies, uh, some lo- little loose things, kind of pl- loose, loose pebbles floating around in his ankle, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had an arthroscopic procedure to remove them, uh, which is relatively, uh, you know, relatively benign as far as surgeries go uh, in and of themselves, as far as the rehab uh, expectations and stuff like that. Um you know, I, I think I think it was this agent that initially came out and said, "Oh, it'll be a forty-eight week uh, time frame before you you see him back on the court." Which, you know, again, when an agent says something, where are they getting that information from? Why are they saying it? I I, I don't know. You know, I think mm-hmm. from my standpoint, like when I do those same procedures, I would estimate at least sort of six to eight weeks before I clear somebody to go back, um, and especially someone who's looking to play NBA basketball at a high level and is important to their team, right? And whose livelihood depends on that ankle. But does Joe so Harris I, I think, play at a high level? You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Just, just kidding. Yeah. Sorry. Man. Yeah. Well, I will say, I think it's been interesting, right? Like after his, you know, playoff dud, which I'll admit, you know, he was cold, ice cold in the playoffs for a little bit. Everyone was like, oh, you know, yeah. burn him on the cross yes. kind of thing. And then he goes out this year and everyone's like, oh, God, when's Joe Harris coming back? Yeah, so, for real. You know, Mike, Mike himself has said that. He's been on record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now so, I'm like, he's the key missing piece. Yeah. He's he's the guy who, if he slots back the into the rotation, he, he really helps his team big time. Totally. So, totally. We, we, need, we need. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. oh, oh, no please finish. No, I was going to say, we, we need shooters. We need someone to face the floor, right? And he definitely does that, even if he's cold. He attracts the defense out there, right? So, so I think there's there's some some value to him, no question. Totally. Um, I was going to ask if yeah, but, if like yeah. does ankle like floating bodies in the ankle is that something to do to like trauma or is that something due to like you know wear and tear over the years? Is that more? It's, it's due to great. mean tweets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> we, we, we did it. Yeah, we did yeah. it. Um, no, that's a great question too. So I think it could be either it could be either of those things, mm-hmm. right? Um, it could be. You could have an acute injury, like a bad ankle sprain, let's say, or something like that, that results it's a more severe injury mm-hmm. where it results in a little piece of bone cartilage with plus minus some bone Got it. Uh, chipping off and then becoming loose. Uh, or certainly could be due to wear and tear, where just over time, there's a little bit of degenerative process that happens in some part of that joint. And then something just kind of like 
you know, frays apart and comes loose and floats around that way. So that's what wasn't totally clear to me. If I'm remembering all the information correctly, um, you know, was there an acute injury that happened that then startles, he may have had a sprain. I can't recall to be honest with you though. It did seem like there um, was a little sprain there at some point. Um, I'm forgetting, at some point, right? I'm forgetting so, my live prognosis, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, so if that's the case, maybe it was that acute injury that yeah. just kind of chipped off a little piece of something somewhere and then they had to go back in and, you know, I'd say if that's the scenario, it's not unusual to then, you know, initially say, Oh, you know, you sprained your ankle, let's just see what happens. And then when it doesn't sort of improve the pain, swelling and stuff like that, as quickly as you'd like, it's like, huh, yeah. There's something going on there. And then you, you look deeper, you get an MRI and then you see maybe something loose floating around, which is when they would have pulled the trigger to do the, the operation. So I, I would say typically for me, for my patients, it's usually a six to eight week minimum before I would even consider clearing them to get back on the court, mm. to get back into sports. Um, I know, you know, I was looking, I think eight weeks would get us to next Monday, basically would be uh, the eight week mark from a surgery. So I know, I know Nets fans are, everyone's kind of like, oh my God, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Has it been a setback, right? It, it just seems like yeah. it's been too long. Um, I, I, I'm still, again, we don't have all the information <laughs> as is always the case with the Nets, but I'm still fairly optimistic. I think he's probably in decent shape, um, reasonably on track for where he's supposed to be. Uh, it sounds like, I think Nash mentioned, right? He might've started doing some shooting pretty recently. Um, which is overall a good sign. And so I'd say, you know, maybe in the next couple of weeks, we start seeing him back uh, a little bit. I think he traveled with the team, but he's not going to be playing this road trip. Right. Um, no. But no. hopefully, you know, two to three ish weeks, we'll see him back on the court in games. Uh, again, that's a little bit of a, an educated guess based on the, the little information that we have <laughs> out there. Um, and then I think, you know, that would put him slightly past that eight week mark, but still with, within the realm of what's realistic and reasonable, I think for that kind of procedure in my eyes. So within the so the time frame you're saying play basketball eight nine weeks so the coffee and the snow factor that was that was a six week mark like your patients you probably wouldn't suggest uh, coffee the snow unless that I think that's a good sign to me Mike, that's Mike stop sign. trying to break news stop trying to do it. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah yeah I, I saw I saw that too yeah. and I was like wait a minute yeah. what kind of shoes is he there wearing we here? go right, I don't know there yeah, we yeah. go. We'll see. <laughs> this, is, this is what it is to be a Nets fan, yeah, though, right? Yeah. You're like, hey, huh? Zoom in on the picture. Is he wearing sneakers? Yeah. That must mean his ankle stability is pretty yeah. good, right? I don't, Those are Vans? Oh, my God. <laughs> right, right, right. Low tops? Oh, I don't um, know, man. Okay. So we, we took up your time. As a, as a gift to you, give us a Nets. Like, what are your Nets thoughts? Give us – dump them out here. Anything that you've been dying to say because I know you have to go soon, but <laughs> – we also want to give you a little something more fun to talk about than, uh, you know, floating bodies and ankles. Well, I, I will say that stuff's fun for me, too, because after all, that's why I chose to do it for a living. So mm, <laughs> always happy to do that. Smart. Um, and, and again, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm, I'm always happy to do this with you. So just just give me a shout. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, man, I, I've been a Nets fan for over 30 years. Right. I, I, I started following them in um, back in the Jersey days. My first game ever was the opening night of 93, which is wow. when they retired uh, Drazen's jersey, right? So he had, he had passed the, the summer before. And the first live game I ever went to was was that summer, or was that fall when they retired his jersey. So um, pretty pretty crazy. I mean, that, that experience. And I, I just never let go after that. Yeah. You know, I was a New Jersey kid. So, um, man, I, I feel like we've seen it all, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're tough. Several we're tough now. Um, yeah. Swamp Dragons, yeah. 12 and 70. I mean, you know trading for Pierce and Garnett, moving to Brooklyn. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a, a wild ride. And uh, frankly, just seeing, you know, KD Harden and, and Irving on our team now, like it still feels surreal. Like every time <laughs> there's a game on TV or, you know, they come to Chicago, I, I watch them when they come to United Center here. And I'm like, is this really happening? You know, what yeah. I, mean? like, <laughs> I don't know about you guys. It's still crazy to me. That's even reality. So Listen, man, I, I hope we get a ring out of this at some point in the next couple of years. I know we're all itching to do it like this season, whatever. Mm. I'm still hopeful. God forbid it doesn't work out this year. We've got a window. You know, these guys are up for, for um, to be re-signed, I guess. And hopefully that happens uh, and we get a ring sometime soon. But I'll, I'll tell you, if that if and when that happens, I'll be flying my my rear end from Chicago <laughs> faster than you can, down. you can bet on it to, to, to come see these guys and get to the parade and whatever else. Cause I've, I've been waiting my whole life. That's for sure. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I, I hope they get a ring this year and then they can trade KD Kyrie and like start the rebuild. What? So we can hear about draft picks. Yeah. How much fun would mock drafts be if they trade all those guys and you know, Stop well, it. the nets couldn't tank because they don't have their own draft picks, but 
All right. Well, 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 well yeah. do, we even, do we even need to do that? We got these four four picks from last year who are True. already looking pretty decent. True. Big so, How about Sean Marks know? just drafting, like, you know, 100% of the time drafting perfect player? I mean, has he missed yet? I can't think of a time. Musa. Not on Musa. Musa. Rodion's. Don't go to Europe, unfortunately. But, for well, well, well Rodion, I'll, I'll give him Rodion because, yeah. you know. A little he, bit. He, they, remember, do you remember they they uh, they were kind of like dead in the water. They put him in the – Kenny Atkins and put him in the starting lineup. Absolutely. And it was like a spark, right? X-Factor. And all of a sudden they, they yeah. kind of got hot. So, you know, and he's a second-round pick. So it's like, you know, low risk, high reward there. there so uh, Musa's the one guy. That's the one. I'll give That's you that. <laughs> I still think Musa has a shot. You know, putting him back. <laughs> the European Kobe. Remember that's how he was sold? Well, that, he, like, well, it he wasn't was like, how he was sold. It was how he sold himself. He was... <laughs> how he sold himself. Yeah. <laughs> that was his calling card. Yeah. I think he's coming off the bench wherever he is now. But I think, uh, you know, he's doing I well. I follow know. him on Instagram. He's doing well. Um, all right. Well, Dr. Patel, if do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Would that be something you'd want? I, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They can bombard you with By tweets. What, how do they find you? No, no. Ha- Happy to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm on Twitter. Um, my, my handle is uh, at my name, basically, Neeraj M. Patel. So N is in November, E-E-R-A-J is in Joseph, M is in Mary, Patel, P-A-T-E-L. So feel free to find me on there. I'm happy to, to do this kind of stuff again. This is kind of <laughs> combining my the, the, the two biggest, oh, don't tell my wife, but my two <laughs> other biggest loves in my life, mm, right? Orthopedics and the Nets. Smart so man. always yeah. happy to talk about this yeah. stuff. My wife's a Sixers fan, you know. Um, so tough. That's tough. Still, yeah. still, still working that yeah. out. Um, <laughs> you know, nobody's perfect, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, f- follow me. Reach out to me on there. Happy to do it. Um, and and it, my my Twitter is kind of a combination of of net stuff, sports stuff, and like orthopedic you know, research and things like that. So Perfect. feel free to tune out like the random, you know, research studies that I put on there and tune into the nets or learn something about both. Right on. But, yeah. Love it. I, I love this. This was, I, I really, I do mean it. You need to consult with Brian at times. If, if your patients have, uh, you know, Twitter videos, you'll, you'll or, find me in the DMS. I'll be in the DMS. That's I'll, I'll pop. <laughs> right, right. Right. He's, he's gifted. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Dr. Until hopefully we can all celebrate a Nets championship. At some point, who knows with Kyrie what's happening, but at some point, we hope. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks again. Thanks, Dr. Thank you. All right. Take care. That's it. Thank you. We did it. That was so much fun. All right, guys. I appreciate that. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off here. Yep. Can you post you were saying that this this uh probably up later this afternoon or something? Yeah, I'll probably post it in like within the next hour. Oh I'll I'll tweet at you and we'll do it. It'll be cool. Nice. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Love it. Love it. You guys are the best. Thanks again. Take care. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. See ya.